It's called Matlaho by Jaros Jafter. Um, yeah, and I'm super excited for tonight's episode. But I don't want to get into it yet without doing the things that needs to be done. I'm super excited for this one. Like, I'm not going to see my afro in a long time. So I'm going to be on tour with my hair braided. So I am definitely loving having my hair today and i'm so not used to having natural hair like out anymore because it's winter and nobody's time for it so if i sneeze it's because there's essential oils in my hair but other than that hello and welcome to the creative career conversations series this is episode seven and i am so stoked um yeah i'm super excited like i'm literally in a mood now because of the song that we just listened to um but yeah super excited and a thanks to our partners the activate academy and zimele africa if you are not in the loop yet go on over to the activate academy website and take a free course for yourself and i'm super excited because i'm an activator um and my article is out you should go check it out also the activate change drivers um Instagram, Facebook, their websites, you should check it out. There's a video clip. I also reposted it on my Instagram, so please go check it out for how, why I am excited to be an activator. And really, we're just literally a community of change drivers, of young people who want to make a difference in the societies where we find ourselves dwelling. So I'm super excited. That's a shameless plug for the Activate Change Drivers course that's now on the Activate Academy. So if you want to become an activator, you no longer have to take time out of work or time out of school it's actually now online isn't that amazing um the 2020 the 2020 cohort is only now going to be taking it in 2021 so yeah wish them luck um get all the things um yeah like encourage them and stuff and i see my guest is here hey sis i'll be letting you in in a minute um yeah the other thing that i did want to share is all our profiles so all the guests we interview we share their profiles on the zimela africa website so please go on over and show them some love after this episode their details will be in the description and without any further ado i'm gonna tell you guys a little bit about my tour i don't 
know if I want to tell you guys in an episode or as an actual episode by itself. Maybe after this live, I'm going to do like a brief live to talk about the tour. Um, but for now, I'm super excited to chat to the lady whose voice and penmanship is behind the track, Makao, that we just listened to. And again, if you want to hear more, please head on over to all the streaming platforms and search for Ja Rose Jafta and be sure to consume all the amazingness there. Um, Letabo is in the house. I guess Letabo's arrival um, allows us to begin because she's been saying that this is a gift for her. Uh, but honestly, I can honestly do with this conversation um, because if it weren't for her, I don't think I would have met um, E met um, Jaros, and I don't think that I would have been exposed to the amazing work that she does. So shout out to Litabo for this episode, and shout out to Sis Crystal for last week's episode. She literally plugged this is with that one. If you did not catch it, we had Uayanda Mapulu here on the KD blog, you guys, and we had a oh on conversations with KD the podcast. <laughs> I get confused, y'all. I'm too excited for these things now. But yeah, on the conversations on the blog, we had Ayanda Mapulu. And if you missed that, please do catch up um, on my IGTV, on my Instagram. Yeah, that's what IGTV is, Danelle. And on my YouTube. So yeah, shout out to Sis Crystal for that. And shout out to Letabo for today's conversation. I'm just waiting for my guest to accept my invitation for her to grace our screen. Okay, it is just unable to can joy. I don't know why. So we'll try this again. Um, if you could just accept for me, let's make sure I'm recording. That's always the worst. Like we have like a juicy conversation and I didn't record the audio for the podcast. But luckily last week's conversation was recorded. I actually left home to go and record last week's episode because our signal has been trash. So I hope I'm going to have proper signal today because I'm trying the most. Like you can even see my background is different. This is like my raised door post thing. Um, I was wearing the UFS hoodie and I was like, okay, this is too much. This is too much for state <laughs> because I'm even speaking to someone from the free state. I was like, okay, girl, be loyal. You're the cousin from Cape Town. Okay. So I had to like bring my denim jacket on and be like, yo, like get this right. <laughs> I am not one of y'all. I am one of me. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'll always be a free stater. Like, the free state paid for my varsity fees, you guys. I don't know why my guests are able to join. I hope that we'll be able to get this on. Let me suggest something, sis. If you can leave the live, like, get out of the live, then come back on. It's going to pop on your screen something written like, um, request to join live. And then if you click on that, then I can accept from my end instead of inviting because i don't know why it does those kinds of things but sometimes it does but in the meantime let me tell you about my tour so that i have to talk after this <laughs> people don't believe me when i say that i actually really don't like to talk like i talk a lot that i get tired of talking and i just want silence so i'm super excited that i'm gonna get a lot of time during the tour to just be quiet and be by myself um but I, I thank god for that i think that's my most exciting part for me but yes your sis right here is an artist you guys you <laughs> 
I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. It's so nice to be an artist. Like I was talking to my Elisa, she's like, "Yo, do you know how beautiful it feels to hear your voice on your own song? Like, be like, yo, I have a song. Like, it's mine, and I sang it. Like, I wrote it. Like, do you understand? It's like my song. Anyway, it's not about that. <laughs> it's about Jesus. Okay." So I have like six songs about Jesus. So we have an EP, a gospel EP titled Heavy Rain. Um, the heart and soul of it is really that God has told me that, you know what, y'all have been waiting for um, a long time for the rain. And I just want to tell you the rain is going to come and you need to have planted something because if you don't plant um, good seeds, then it means you've planted bad seeds. So Heavy Rain became an EP. Um, the single Heavy Rain, the main song, is going to be out on the 15th of May. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my guess is, yeah. So, yeah, the single is going to be out on the 15th of May. Check it out on all the streaming platforms. It's titled Heavy Rain, okay? Not going to be on YouTube because we'll be out just stealing our music from you. But anyway, yeah, in all her glory. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Creative Therapy Conversations. <laughs> Is my energy not enough for you? Because I'm so excited to have you. It's going to be like this the whole hour. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm going to try to tone down my assignments because I don't know if I can do an interview this excited. Like, it's going to be a lot. But I'm super honored to have you here with me. And I would like for you to introduce yourself to the people. Um, who is Daryl Goodness. Um, hello, everybody. Um, hi, Letabor. Hi, Katie. Um, <laughs> There's Black Love also who just joined. Um, is it Black on Leave? Okay. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Ntavi Singh, Jaros Jafta, born and bred in Bloemfontein in the Free State. I am who God says I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a writer. I am a poet. Um, yeah, I do quite a lot of things, but I am venturing into other things. So I want to call myself a creative strategist. Mm. I'm an art premier. And um, I'm currently doing my master's in creative writing with Rhodes University. And amongst other things, I run a production house uh, that does publishing and events, productions, um, poetry festivals. I'm the founder of Poetic Blues International Festival, now adapted to a virtual poetry festival. So yeah, I mean, I'm a creative and just really playing in the creative space. That's what I do. Oh, oh. and wow, <laughs> like. People ask me, do I sleep? And now I wonder, like, do you sleep? Like, a master's on top of all that? Like, wow. Okay, so let's unpack. Refine art premiere. I think that's the term that caught my eye 
when I was looking at her profiles, I was like, ooh, she's an entrepreneur. I like that. Can I steal it? Can you please unpack it for us? Well, when we got into the space, we were told that you can never make it out of your talent alone, meaning you mm. had to enhance and empower yourself with other skills, you know, upskill or go mm. home type of vibe. So mm. I realized from an age that you have to somehow get into the business Mm-hmm. creative if you are somehow not able to monetize that creativity and the minute you are talking monetization you are talking the business of things you are, you are talking the mm-hmm. economics and the accounting and the auditing and the taxation of your craft and, mm-hmm. and uh, so I had to find my ways around how to best manage um, this creativity. Mm. It will become social entrepreneurs, um, but because I'm an artist and I'm a creative, I figured um, the best way to not lose um, this creativity or this artifact in me would then be to coin this, instead of saying I'm an entrepreneur, let me rather be specific exactly to what I do. So, yeah, that's how the coin was brewed. Hmm, I see. Um, I like how you, you explain that once you monetize your craft, you automatically become an entrepreneur because now you are, you are the business. Like, that's something that still freaks me out to this day, also because I when the gospel route because I was like, yo, I really don't want to be commercializing my talents. I don't want to be commercializing my craft. But at the end of the day, it's inevitable. If you are going to be, you know, like those who preach the word, eat off the word. And that is, I guess, that business element. So how did you go from being a creative and then thinking, like, how was that transition for you? Did you have a mentor? Did you have a manager? Um, how did you maneuver that space of saying, okay, now I am um, entrepreneurializing my art? There was never a transition. So, um, you know, then you're a creative literally from your mother's womb, but I guess it gets activated in time. But the, for me, there was never a transition. So it, in, for example, in high school, I was doing business studies. Mm. Um, I was doing accounting, economics. So I've always been in the, this, I've always literally just been in, mentally in the space of business, right? Mm. Um, when I finished, when I finished matric, I went to enroll for, um, first I wanted to do financial journalism because I always wanted, wow. can you see? I always wanted writing, but finance. Mm. <laughs> so when that didn't happen, I ended up doing um, business administration um, with a hope to then do um, become accounting. Mm. And Whilst I'm balancing sheets, debtors and creditors, I'm like, but something is missing. You know? 
um, the me that I know wants, wants to express herself, wants to find herself, wants to discover herself, wants to self-create and whatnot. And at the time, I think it was unclear because um, for you to find stability, uh, you, 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 you better find stability as an accountant than as a creative type of vibes. Um, the pressure that comes with society, that comes with family. I mean, if you're saying I'm dropping out of school, um, I want to pursue the arts full time. The first question that you get asked is how are you going to sustain yourself? You know, so even that question prompts the idea of, okay, fine. If I want to challenge this status quo that, being a creative somehow is unstable. How do I prove a point that we can find a balance in this thing? So clearly um, a question of, of, of strategy, a question of asking yourself, let alone what the world is asking you, but asking yourself, yes, I want to do this, but how am I going to go about this? So for me, from goal, it has always been, you're not going to wait you're going to create things for yourself. So mm. came a time where I wanted to publish, find a publisher. I knew that I would publish myself. Um, but how do you do that? You then go into research, um, ask people that have done this before you, go on Google, search whatever YouTube tutorial, whatever the case may be, go into that workshop, just investing in yourself so that when you say I'm doing it myself, then at least you kind of, have you know places where you think you can do this and empower yourself in a way that you are then able to do that of course you'll make a lot of mistakes um, but the best way to learn is to fail and make those mistakes so that you are able to have a testimony to say this is how the story began yeah Sure. So I want I want to understand in terms of like okay, now I want to dissect the different elements because these conversations honestly they for me for me to learn how to be a creative for me to learn how to grow in the business of creativity. So now I want to learn the different elements, right? So with the with the poetry, let's start there. Um, poetry blue, I believe it's um is the name of the festival. So how did that come about? And um, maybe just also unpack it for us a little bit. What what exactly do you all do and how did that come about? Are you asking about Poetic Blues? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's 2000 and <laughs> 2004. I wow. Happened that long. <laughs> I happened to walk into Parkoffs, right? And there's a whole community, there's a whole village, there's a whole tribe of wordsmith um, mm. who host sessions. Um, on a monthly basis, I think it was fortnightly, sometimes twice a month, literally consistently. You know how that helped us to write, how that helped us to have written work 
that is alive, um, constantly creating so that the next time when you go on stage, you're not going to repeat the same poem that you did. Um, literally in one year, you could create, I don't know, about 24 poems in a mm. year. Um, that's what that foundation did for us. Uh, there was an association called Free State Poetry Association, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was founded by John Ruan at the time. Uh, God bless his soul. And um, that's where the journey started for me. Um, and the journey started, obviously, because it was not such a rosy journey. You get into a space and already... Did we lose our guest? Or did y'all lose me? Because my signal is the one with issues. But we'll just wait and see. Can let's have a please let me know in the comments. Um, is it me that you're losing or is it Osharos? Please let me know so that I know if I need to move. Um Yeah, please let me know. But I think whoops, we lost our guest. We lost our guest. I hope she can come back. She's going to be able to come back. Yeah. I'm sure she'll be able to come back. So I'll continue to tell you all about my tour. So um, Heavy Rain, the single, is going to be out. See how calm I am now when I'm listening? Um, but Heavy Rain is going to come back. Oh, yeah, she is. If Heavy Rain's going to come back. He's coming on the 15th of May. Please don't forget to check it out. That's next week's Saturday, by the way. Um, yeah, my guest is on. Oh, she's here. Oh, hello. Course Award conferred to Clarissa Carr. So there's a name that you don't know. <laughs> Welcome back. Sorry. Hi. My goodness. My, my, sorry, my, my battery is flat. Oh, <laughs> I have okay. a problem. Yes, so um, basically, okay, just a second, plug, plug in. But congratulations on your, on your award that we just saw. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, poetic blues, the journey rather, that led to poetic blues. Yes, so um, it was that experience literally just um, inspired me to start my own. So um, I knew that, okay, we are plugged in, let's focus. I knew from that onset that I'm not going to stand on a queue and wait. But uh, that was also fueled by many experiences. For example, I took a trip with strangers who later became family to Malawi. Wow. Got in a bus uh, from Johannesburg to Malawi. I think it was a 26-hour ride. And we went to a festival called the Lake of Stars. And um, the festival was a jam. It was a blast. But I've learned how people create magic from nothingness. Mm. 
and when oh. I came back home I started observing on how we take for granted the privileges and the opportunities that we have um people would create a show for africa magic i don't know if we still have africa magic channel i think we do people would create mm-hmm. a breakfast poetry uh, something something in the backyard of literally of their house mm of maybe grilling tomato sauce for lunch you know the most mm-hmm. minimal stuff things um yeah. but magic would literally happen when you sit down and watch that television that morning program in the morning you'd be like wow the authenticity the simplicity you, you name it you'll analyze and come up with all these creative ways on how you are receiving the show but that show was done out of probably zero budget and mm. i came home and i realized that we are fighting for venues uh, we are fighting for space all these legitimate things that we need to be fighting for but i started seeing things differently that mm. instead of joining the queue and waiting for that gig and waiting for that opportunity why don't i create my own mm. And I knew that there's many of us um, who want that mic, who want that platform, um, who want um, that space. And if we could collaborate with the little resources that we have, uh, we could begin to create something. And when we are consistent with it, it will begin to gain momentum in some way. And literally that, that what happens. Our first Poetic Blues, I think was in 2007 at a restaurant um downtown in Andrew Street back then it was called Hamzi um i don't know now what is it called and uh it was a collaboration between myself and Belinda van Zwindrecht and and her band Boyakutivet and the two DJs in town DJ Mavusana and DJ Zino and our coordinator of the whole event was Ndombin Dagakazi and as we started it was just those four artists and with a band and then later we started plugging other artists on stage your Dashi Hawers and, and many other poets um in Bloom and Tabelo and Tabantu and surrounding towns and so forth and mm-hmm. obviously didn't have budget it didn't have any resources it was just us selling tickets double 20 rands coming in sharing it world at time data and what not but we carried mm-hmm. on on and it started getting recognition to a level that it started partnering with Makufe festival and we now had a leg yeah Makufe poetry festival and that's how poetic blues then um gained a national and an international recognition so mm. basically uh, that's the journey of it and every year um had its own swings you know sometimes it was like on a high note sometimes you have to go back to the queue in terms of bidding for the tender sometimes you get it sometimes you don't but we stayed focused because we knew what we wanted to achieve and what we wanted to do so that's why we still carrying on with the project today 
wow can i just say like wow <laughs> like i don't know if the right word is congratulations or well done or both but like wow like that sounds you know that's every creative dream every creative dream to create a space for other creatives but i want to i want to understand like how did you get a drive was it like you say like through those collaborations someone hops on yay but if they don't kishabo like how was that process like for you um at that at the beginning stages yeah in the beginning all we wanted was a stage um and i think then the politics were a bit minimal you know because we understood that um there's no budget for this so nobody's going to get paid whatever that we make from the door tickets it's what everybody's going to share um sometimes we would just literally work for a plate of food um but like i said we were creating work mm. to as to understand within 5 years or so i had a collection of work that was written in in different books in different papers in little scrapbooks and what not that then i needed to compile and whilst i was compiling and scribing transcribing i realized that i had more than 100 poems written and it was because of those little poems it was because of this, the the opportunities that pecoffs granted through the poetry association it was through the platforms that many poets were beginning to do whether shamane is hosting something at the library when she was working at the bloomfontein library downtown or whether ritashi hawa was doing a project where she was inviting us to go on stage like whatever the case may be there was this wave that you never repeat a poem you know and you are as a performance type of thing so um a poem can be a hit yes but um always there was an urge to constantly create so literally um i found that those platforms besides us oozing with passion besides us you know dancing within our energies and our creative space and creating this beautiful cycle of poets of musicians of creatives and a vibe because there was a vibe man there was markets at night from a store called milk on owned by creatives lexi um i forgot the other the guy's name now he's also a very um uh, phenomenal um visual artist based in cape town and supplying literally the world with their artworks um he's originally from tabancho just forgot the name now they also had a store on elizabeth street called milk and it was fashion designers it was poets it was a reggae artist it was hip hop artist so at night literally we would close the street and put candles around elizabeth street put mics outside jam all night so all those platforms um created um this vibe in bloomfontein in the creative space but also granted us a chance um to widen our world view in terms of the topics that we were writing about um in terms of creating your dis- your own thing boy so that jaros doesn't sound like shamine or shamine doesn't sound like serelet on guan or serelet on guan doesn't sound like as but everybody had their own little signatures that inspired you to constantly work on yourself in creating your voice and your style and um what you want to be and what you want to be known for 
So um, it was all a combination of all those platforms that also inspired one to be stable or at least in your mind to be consistent in terms of what is it that you want to um, create for yourself and, and for others. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think this is going to be me throughout the whole video because I, I like, I can see it and I, I can feel your energy as you're talking about it. Like, I can see it. Jay, outside, guys, can COVID please end? And I want to be at your guys' next live event. I just want to be in the audience taking it all in because it's absolutely amazing. So now let's go to the book side of life because you mentioned the struggle that I know all too well, but how did you take us through the publishing of your first book? How did that happen? Uh, God ordained steps. Um, so five, six, yeah, five, six years later, it's 2010. Uh, but maybe sure. let's take it to 2009. 2009, I'm, I'm starting with describing and transcribing and taking all these pieces of papers and, you know, mm. typing all this. And I realized I have these tons and tons and tons of poems. Um, going through them, reworking them, um, reading through them, realizing how others are weak, realizing how others are strong, how, you know, just selecting what you think can work or is best um, for a compilation. And then I printed it out. I was literally walking around with a bag that has this manuscript every day and I think in a way unconsciously was just me manifesting this book um it, it had a cover and the cover I printed yeah. it you know there was there was this magazine bags I think that they're also in, in trending now there's this magazine bags that carry it's a handbag um a clutch bag tapa yeah and then I, I printed my magazine cover because I didn't like the white lady that I was carrying in my hand. So I took out the white lady and printed my own um, cover of my book, pasted it on the bag. And every time I walk around, I was walking around literally holding my own book in my hand, plus this manuscript in my bag. And that happened for many, many, many months, right? And I would go to book launches launching the book and you clap for other people and you know in your head that man my time is coming and for yeah. some reason people were very i don't know almost closed in terms of giving information or access to how they are doing it right and every time you would ask people would just give you bizarre answers and bizarre amounts of monies that are involved and, and whatever so um i moved into this flat in 2010 and I happened to have this warm neighbor by the name of Edzani. I don't remember her surname. Could have been Chikova. I'm not sure if she was originally from Venda. And through us knowing each other, conversations, she happens to mention that she's working for a publishing company. Oh, wow. And that's how it began for me. And she gave me tips. And literally script, sorry, when you go there and pitch your idea, this is what you need to say. You know, she was prepping me. And I go to this publishing house and it's a white company. I sit there with the CEO and he says to me, nah, we don't, 
published such works. We are into academic books. Um, we are working with universities and stuff. This is literally not what we do. So I left there very disappointed. I went back home, knocked at Azani's door, like Azani, but your cousin says, no, this is not what they do. Azani says, no, he's crazy. Go back again, pester him, tell him that you have an angle and this is how this is going to be viewed. And she pressed me again. We sit down, we literally have, you know, um, a pitch on mm. how I'm going down. I go back again. The, the CEO's name was Vekas. <laughs> and Vekas, uh, second day, is like, he's still stubborn. He's like, Mm-mm. I hear you, but I, this is not what we do. This is not aligned with our company. I go back home again for the third time. I go back and I was like, okay, fine. You don't have to publish the book. I will publish the book myself. From you, I just need your services. Um, give me design work. Give me editing. Give me typesetting. Give me layout. Give me ISBN. Give me this. You know, I get it now. Azani's, you know, coaching me on these things. <laughs> so I'm back now with uh, a, a, a vocabulary that would suit what exactly yeah. the type of services that they would have. Yeah. So instead of me saying, would you publish my work? I then came with, okay, fine, a strategy is that you're going to give me these services and I will then pay for them. You'll give me a quote, how much it will cost, and then I will pay for the services. And that time, we happened to have a conversation that resulted in me publishing my first work in 2010 called Rooted from the Heart. Mm-hmm. So from that experience, um, I then knew what is it that is now entailed in producing a book. So in 2012, I went to publish my second book. Again, it was a collaboration between other poets. Um, I approached various poets. Um, initially, it was a number of us, but towards the finished pro- product, there was only three of us remaining. I'm um, Lebulisa, Rita Shinkawa, and myself, and we published Free State of Mind. Free State of Mind was then adapted into an audiobook. It was translated into Braille by South African Library for the Blind. It was adapted into a film documentary by Big Fish um, Film School. Um, it had a live DVD, like it just had a life of its own. And today we have about 30 publications on our catalog. Wow. <laughs> Why did I not meet you when I was struggling to publish my first book? Because I was told that first, because my poetry is very, it's Christian. But when I say Christian, people think I'm saying, I'm always saying Jesus died on the cross for you, repent, which I do say. But even if I'm talking about like love, it's not going to be like hectic. It's not going to have cast words or whatever. So that's what I chose to do with my poetry, right? So when I first wanted to publish my first poetry book, and I, I mean, I'm already in it for years because it must have been 2014, 2015, and I was in bloom. But all the publishers I could find had also told me, nah, they actually went to start saying there's no market for your work. I don't believe it. And that's how I also ended up getting into publishing 
And what's funny is that I initially thought, you know what, I'm just going to publish my own work. Then other people started coming and being like, can you please do my book? Can you do my book? So I guess, yeah. But I wish I had known you when I was struggling. <laughs> someone, like, hopefully this is going to be a plug for someone who listens on the podcast, watches on YouTube, or re-watches this later. Because the struggle is real. It's very real. If you hadn't gone through that struggle, you wouldn't have known what you know now. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. The struggle helps us to give us that knowledge and that know-how so that if person comes to you and says, how did you do it? Then you are able to say, well, one plus one is seven, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if it had not been for that experience, this would not be happening today because I wouldn't have a creative career to learn more about, you know what I mean? So just like you said, holiday steps. Um, I'm I'm gonna note that. <laughs> but no, sure. Like I, now, I want to go into the music part of things. So, um, please talk, take me through your music before I start asking you questions. Um, with it, I sing my poems. Um, I wrote music before I even wrote poems, and mm. I've always been shy. Um, to sing, I think I still am. I I sing in the shower, I sing when I'm washing dishes, I sing when I'm cooking, um, when I'm cleaning, whatever. I sing in a school choir. Um, yeah, so this solo thing, hey, it's a bit problematic for me. But um, one, of my, one of my supervisors last week during our contact week at university was saying, you know, as, as we are doing our pieces now, you were saying you think it's all different pieces of work, but you realize in 10 years along the reins that you're actually writing one thing because you are one person. Um, you might think you are having different experiences, whatever, but it all boils down to one you. Yeah. And I answer that I would want to give you that it's, it's whatever that I'm doing, I'm doing one thing. It's not like, I'm writing books because those books, what am I writing? I'm writing the very same poems, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when I'm singing and putting a melody and collaborating with music into these things that I'm doing. What is it exactly that I'm singing? I'm singing the very same poems that I've written that are in these books. When I'm publishing a book or whatever, what am I publishing? I'm publishing the very same poetry when I'm getting into distribution of these books to different libraries, into different uh, retail stores, your exclusive, your CNA, what am I distributing? I'm distributing the very same poems. You know what I mean? Um, when I'm writing this thesis now that I'm writing, what am I writing? I'm writing poetry. Um, hmm. When I'm at an overseas tour, um, performing or sharing or whatever readings in whatever part of the world, what am I reading? What am I sharing? What am I performing? Poetry. So like I said, I'm doing this one thing, just always collaborating with it, allowing it to open various spaces and allow it to fly in various formats that would then reach whatever that it wants to reach or whoever that it wants to reach, you know, but it's, I don't feel like I'm, I'm torn into different spaces. I literally just 
it's like what you were, when you were asking that you're doing this and you know how do you sleep for me it doesn't feel like that at all because i'm a poet and that's the fundamental and the coreness of things um and that the root to my tree that is stemming into various branches is literally whole held by this mm. one thing which is words poetry wow this is so such a perspective like you just liberated me <laughs> without even knowing you've just liberated me because it makes so much sense like people always want research terms people are always looking for the golden thread in like the stuff that you do and i mean they're looking for the purpose like what's your life purpose but that's basically like you're saying it what is the the um, the stem that's holding the tree right and once you find that because it's usually like you have an art and everything else is a medium you share that art with everybody so that's that's very beautiful it literally just liberated me because it also it it also declares your mind to say i am a poet essentially i'm a wordsmith or i am this person and everything else i'm doing is how does this then align with who i am and what i'm called to do so thank you for that like you literally just liberated a lot of people especially me <laughs> but i want to i want to hear about um your i probably mispronounced this for the life of me but i was uh, playing before i started this i was playing mtalo and i wanted to hear the story behind the song because it's really lit like can i just say that it's definitely cool And you can really think before you talk. Like, can I say, please? My heart is in my room. My room. Oh, I lose that. My heart. Well, my heart, all right? Hey, Susie B. Susie B. Tempted for me. And when she said, oh, space, right? Yeah. and politically country we're all about you know we want our land back mm. right you meet bomkhulu you know uh, our fathers in art bonta telefifitladi would then tell you actually we don't just want our land back we want our coastline too we want our sky too You know? So in owning the space you realize that atlegahle bona everywhere you are coming for everything things <laughs> 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 for it all you know uh, but it was a, for me it was a dedication to mother nature it was a dedication to women mm nature you know um yeah embracing femininity and anything and all of it that is beautiful about our womanness our wholeness um but i think there's so much that we can extract and learn from nature itself um so yeah i wanted to embrace the moon i wanted to embrace uh, the galaxy the universe you name it i want i want it all good see we are all one you know with each other and um 
in all spheres, whether you are serving in ministry, Lord, that day I'm with you. Whether you are serving in ministry in the desert, I'm with you. Whether you are serving in ministry um, in the coastlands, I'm with you. Whether you are a citizen of heaven, it's okay. We are, we are one, you know. <laughs> life, we are here because, you know, um, life is for the living. So yeah, yeah. Matau, it's a, it's a dedication to, yeah, all things nature, all things women. And woman led to that. <laughs> no, it's it's a beautiful song. Like your it's 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 really beautiful. And I I will like link it on here. Like everybody needs to listen to it. Um, but I wanted to ask you something else now. It just literally slipped my mind. Like, wow. You know, like I had like such a beautiful question. Like are you oh yes, it's actually a very important one. But first I wanted to note, like when I watched Hidden Figures. I was so fascinated by the whole NASA situation that I researched. But actually, I don't know if they say it in the movie or not, but the African space, like our sky, is owned by NASA. So they actually own space over our heads. <laughs> like, how on earth do you own our sky? <laughs> it makes no sense. But anyway, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Where I do want to go, and I think this is an important question. Um, let me just do a quick a quick time check. Okay, I think we're still good a little bit. But I wanted to ask you, so at the beginning you said, I am who God is, I am, right? And I hate that I'm asking you this, but I think it's a struggle that a lot of um, young Christians, especially women, have to say, how do I um, embrace um, empowerment for myself, especially a black woman, how do I embrace my skin and my power within my faith? So how how is that being like for you? How did you get to the place where you're at? Were you always like, you know what, God made me like this? Or was it a journey? And if it was, how did you get to that point? Yeah. I personally had issues with God. <laughs> I remember uh, my first, second year in university, I would question a lot. I think when you go into a journey of discovery, mm-hmm. first you have to discover yourself, right? The, the normal cliches, you know, um, you can never love yourself. You can never love others if you don't love yourself. You can never believe others if you don't believe in yourself. You can never really respect others if you don't respect yourself. And I, I, for me, I could never understand God from outside myself. Mm. So I needed to understand sort of myself first. Um, I don't want to say as a God, um, but yeah, before I could understand this God, because I didn't understand this God. There were concepts that I would question a lot about this God that didn't make sense to me. And I remember my favorite one back then was um, you get to a funeral of a child who was raped and stabbed 24 times. And the people who stand up to talk at the funeral would say words like, um, you know, I, I I had issues. <laughs> I couldn't understand what type of a God would allow, would allow 
such is is he a malicious god is he a punishing god is he a brutal god like what kind of a god is this mm-hmm. you know and for me i i needed to mirror this god back to me you know i i literally needed to see myself um as a godly creation first and don't look at god as an outside entity don't look at god in the sky in the heavens don't look at god in a church or whatever but this god is within um and for me that was the, the liberation in the true kingdom of god because it then had to start with me so when i when i read um the word i would then have to then apply the word for myself first when i read about the fruit of the spirit and i'm told about um love and peace and kindness and humility and humbleness and all these things needed to then be a mirror to me first am i kind um, am i patient am i responsible um, you know and yeah. i think it's easier um for me to mirror everything back and say okay fine this god is me mm. and if i don't understand me then i can't understand this god and i think for me that was yeah the the heavy load uh, lifted um in me beginning to have a relationship with god begin to have conversations with god begin to have um you know Uh, brotherly sisterly fatherly motherly parental conversation with his god and mm-hmm. not sometimes not to be so i don't know formal and traditional in approach in terms of how i approach things you know um i i used to laugh and giggle when john baga would pray at rehearsals for example and he would say um well let's close our eyes we're going to pray and then he says god you are dope mm. you know <laughs> and it's it's smalling and a things that you know would propel you on how you even view yourself even within a situation within a community within the church what how you relate to god outside of the masses because when everybody says this is god you would then have your own revelations and your own testimonies of who god is in your life because you are experiencing god as an individual with a relationship that you are building um tailor made relationship between you and and your creator and sometimes um it will be misunderstood um because that's not how the general view is set um to be But yeah, we good. Me and my cousin. We good. <laughs> no, well, I, I I love that. I love to see it. You know, in Bloemfontein how I remain Christian being on campus, fees must fall, outsourcing must fall, similar part how through all that I see Christian is because I knew God. and it was so difficult for me to denounce him because of what the church was doing or because of what christians were saying i knew god you know and i think it's a very important thing for anybody 
I don't even know why I brought this up because it ain't nothing to do with career. This, but I mean, it has to do with everything. But I, I love that that you need to know God so much that you like one with God. I mean, even Jesus said that, but it's not the time, not the place. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. That that just blessed all my heart. I think Rafiro Palace, it's underscore Rafiro Palace. I said, oh my God, I'm late. You're going to be able to watch this literally right afterwards. Um, We're going to repost it. So it's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on the podcast. So be an art with Gatu. Um, But yeah, so the million dollar question, what advice would you give to a young person who says, I want to be a creative. I don't know where to start. I know I have the creativity. I know I have the words. I have the story, like, what do I do? Hmm. Uh, see the bigger picture of what is it that you want to achieve and make it as practical as possible. Um, even if you had to do a vision board um, and draw your own tree of life in terms of this is where I am now, but this is where I want to be. And whatever that you're going to pin on that tree of life, give yourself timelines. If I had said, I want to build a profile, I'm going to put a timeline to it that I'm going to build this profile within six months, within a year, or within a year, but I'm going to review it every three months. And how am I going to build this profile? I'm going to collaborate with other artists. I'm going to volunteer at a particular organization. I'm going to do an intern job at a library. Whatever is it that you are, that is painted on your bigger picture of this is what I want to achieve. Find uh, spaces and people and institutions that align to that bigger picture and knock doors. Um, of course, some will close on you, but there'll be those that open on you. And sometimes it's not a door that opens. Sometimes it's a window. Sometimes it's a crack on the wall. But be vigilant in terms of um, where positive vibes are culminating from, particularly um, that constructive to your move type of vibe. So I'd say whatever that is it that you want to do, put it down. Uh, let it be as visual as possible. Um, just like you would do uh, your aims and your objectives or your vision for your company or for a project. That's exactly what you're going to do for yourself. And for yeah. every line that you want, I want to promote my work. I want to teach. I want to inspire. I want to make money, whatever is it that you're going to put as your objectives, make mm. it an action plan. Make it an action plan with timelines and um, always evaluate, track how far you are coming, how far you are. And <clears throat> obviously you'll meet people on the way. Um, somebody will direct you in, in whatever line of march that you need to be going. So ask for help when necessary. Um, don't close yourself into a box of thinking you know it all. Um, be teachable uh, when people are 
giving you advice um don't be defensive no yes know your story be firm in what you are about but be open to other views because everything depends on perspective depends on where you stand um so somebody could be standing on a different angle and sees this thing on a different angle than you so it's it's not a matter of um you know it all or people are being too critical on your journey or whatever the case may be so be teachable be open minded and um be as practical as possible wow, realistic as possible. that's the word <laughs> but that's that's really like games and if i were to add to your advice to people things that i'm picking up literally from this conversation is also being persistent i mean had you not gone back to those publishers the third time um that collaboration wouldn't have happened and all that so i'm really i'm grateful for the gems that you dropped throughout and also how you said um i think you said it's something about research and also listening like when someone teaches you because when when you are creative stuff like you have this baby and everybody just wants to protect their little baby but your baby is never going to grow up if you don't allow and teach your your child you don't allow doctors to tend to your child and all those things so i am eternally grateful for the opportunity to talk to you i told people that i was going to ask you to be my friend but i feel like i don't deserve you <laughs> because you're so amazing <laughs> but you are so amazing like i understand now why the chatbot never stops mentioning you cuz wow like i am so honored that you take the time to grace my platform and to teach me and to just share light with me and just empower me and enlighten me so thank you so much for that i hope and pray that somebody else is going to learn from this but i also pray that god would just go with you and be with you but for i let you go as a literally almost forgot i saw a poster you have an upcoming event first of all thank you for an amazing platform thank you for being an amazing host and a presenter um it's been a warm conversation i also enjoyed myself i was a bit tired that's why even my phone is flat because i had a long day and i was like ah you know let me just drag and then once i sat on the chair all the energy you know yeah i was resuscitated so thank you for that yes i do have a show this coming weekend it's in soweto theater um yeah it's called anti racism poetry festival it's done by kwehaf africa project yes um so it's going to be an interesting platform with various voices in the country um and obviously we've been on stage guys for like what last almost 15 months it's been long so going back on stage now it's a bit daunting you know um we haven't had these interactions with audiences and stuff so it's going to be interesting but yeah i'm happy and grateful for these platforms um because ultimately it's what needs to happen for survival and for sanity and for the flow of the creative energy and for us to empower one another to spread hope messages of you know the country's mourning man there's so much anxiety so much depression so many social ills so much that is happening um so to have a, a moment um to you know be where be around a village where we go into just deep breath and and reflect on these things i think 
remains um, phenomenal for me. No. So yeah. Okay. Saturday, so we're we start at two o'clock. Cool. All the best for that. But where do people get tickets? I saw there was a ticket price on the poster as well. Hundred rands. Hundred rands online and also at the door. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna say people should go onto your profile as you posted the poster. So please head on over to if you are following me. I don't know if anybody's following me <laughs> or you, but if anybody watches this later and you're still on time and you are in the vicinity, please check out at jarrose underscore jafter. But it will be everywhere, somewhere, wherever you're watching this. And yeah, please go buy a ticket and get there. If I wasn't going to Cape Town tomorrow, I would literally be so excited to actually go to a real life show. <laughs> But yeah, all the best with that. And we are officially over the one hour mark. So I'm going to let you go and rest. But yeah, good night. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.